Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. You are now listening to the Dual Position Podcast. The boys are back to talk all things super coach all season long. Please welcome your hosts, Whisperer and Brew. A week that was dominated by the name of Nathan Cleary. Whether you went early, whether you went late, pretty much seems like all the uh, the Panthers' assets this year. If you jumped early, you did well. Talon May, uh, obviously Nathan Cleary, score of 151 with a break even of 202. I'm sure non-owners would have loved to see the price absolutely plummet. But only a, a break even, also only a price drop of about 47k. I was luckily an owner. Uh, I am the SD Whisperer, host uh, host of the Dual Position Podcast, coach of the Rams Resurgence, joined by a Cleary non-owner in SC Adrianosaurus. Hello, mate. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It, it even hurts a little bit more because I was very tempted by Cleary, but because I've been burning trades, I went no trades last week and. I felt it in my waters that that game was coming. But those people who started with him nice and early and even those people that brought him in last week, well done to you because it took some cojones to do it with the big BE. And, you know, that's just super coach, isn't it? Yeah, it's got to suck though. Like when when you're – obviously you're looking at buying him. I'm sure everyone listening to this podcast is – potentially looking at the idea of buying him to see that he only dropped 47k despite having a 202 break even it's, no it's got a sting doesn't it it does i mean and that's the thing you play, when you see a big 200 be you probably say well even if he goes well he'll score 100 and i'm going to get him at a nice saving but that's the risk you play because it was a good matchup and you know it is a little bit of a saving and i'm sure you know, people are going to move heaven and earth. It's going to be selling all sorts this week to bring him in. It's a little bit of a saving and you've missed the 150. Nice matchup this week and a very achievable BE. So uh, I think it's now. How was your week, mate? I know that you, you went to the footy. Uh, first half, fantastic on cloud nine as a Raiders fan. Second half, not so great. For super coach wise, how did you go? Uh, you know, the game, you know, it was my first drinking day in 250 days. You and needed it. It was lucky. <laughs> that was, yeah, I needed those for the way the Raiders faded. The faders. Uh, one, one, two, eight for me. It was some green arrows, unfortunately. My first green arrows of the year had been steadily going up. Um, 451 spots down, but I'm still sitting pretty good with two, 2,804 overall. Um, and look, I need to bring in one of these captainable, huge players like uh, Cleary, because unfortunately, I don't really have anyone who's a huge, huge, great captain option. Teddy's not that, and Hines is a bit of a, you know, up and down, um, so it's hard. Yeah, we had a nice bounce back week after the poor sort of round, was it round five? Uh, we had a 12.51. Um, as I was saying to you before we hit record here, that could have been a, four, a 1,430 if I didn't chicken out. Obviously, I was sitting here mm. on the podcast with you last Tuesday, and I was basically set on selling Teddy for Damien Cook and Isaiah Papali'i and bringing in Blake Taffer, we would have played, but I don't know, it, just, it just got the better of me. I think the fact that everyone was all sort of on Teddy, everyone was captaining him, and Mitch Moses had that juicy matchup, I needed just that reassurity, but basically, I didn't need him because Nathan Cleary went huge, he had the VC on him, and... Uh, we looped him, so that, that yeah brought us up to a nice score of, of 1,250-plus, seeing some nice green arrows back in the direction towards the top 1K. Uh, I just want to give a big shout-out to Kane Anderson, uh, obviously uh, a regular guest on your podcast in the Podmasters League. He scored, I think, 1,240 and lost because he, he came up against me. So to, to score the second most amount of points in your league and lose is never, never, never fun. That's but, funny. yeah. He, he won't be happy with that, I guarantee you, because he... He's competitive. It shows you how brutal head-to-head is, though, because, like, shout-out to my boy, Aman. He is 
I think, 16th in terms of overall points scored in that league, but he's fifth in head-to-head. And Kando, I think, is second last in head-to-head, but he's fourth in terms of total points. So it just shows <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you can catch someone on a, on a good week or you catch them on a bad week, it's going to basically, uh, yeah, really, really heavily dictate your scores. I remember last year, I played Jakey from the Supercoach Experience, and I scored 1,670 and lost by a point. Oh, mate. Yeah, head-to-head's a different animal, you know, and I, I play in a lot of cashies, and sometimes I make I make sacrifices on overall spots just to beat beat someone in a head-to-head. It's obviously early days for that, but it always sucks because you sometimes it's just luck of the draw. If you come up against the dunce of the league, you can get by with a low score and still get a win. Exactly. Look, Teamless Tuesday, teams dropped about three hours ago. Not a huge idea, like not a huge amount to talk about. Uh, I guess the, the the couple of big things that I've pointed out here, Tamara Martin named it fullback. Uh, fantastic to see him make that comeback to the NRL. Uh, they've shifted Corey Pakes to the nine. Uh, Jake Turpin's dropped out of the side completely. And Tyson Gamble's come in with Billy Walters moving to 14. I just think like Corey Pakes and Billy Walters, that combo in the trial showed how good they were, how creative they were. Uh, and Tyson Gamble, I think he's a fine number six. But yeah, Tamara Martin at fullback. Obviously, way too early to jump on him now, but Tessie knew last year averaged about 60. Uh, he was going okay this year. I don't have the numbers exact, but I think he's, what, 205K tomorrow, Martin. Is there a chance that he's an Ilias sort of shift on in a couple of weeks? Uh, it's a possibility. I kind of think it's bizarre, to be quite honest. I mean, Cobbo is, you know, we know Cobbo. We say Kevy hates Cobbo, doesn't really. he? Kevy just hates Cobbo by the sounds of it. Yeah, well, uh, but he's a natural fullback and he's just got to work on getting his legs, you know, in the fullback position. As if Tamari Martin's got legs. He's been out of the game for such a long, long time. He's been playing six in Reggie's. I don't know. What's, uh, what's Jordan Pierre done wrong? Oh, man, to have Cobo shift to fullback and, and Jordan Pierre come into the wing, I thought that would have made the most made the most sense to me. But hey, that shows you why I'm not a first grade captain. Uh, Xavier Savage yeah. gets the wing spot for the Raiders. Uh, Jordan Rappin goes to fullback. Um, I haven't heard anything on Charms. I'm assuming he's not fit. But Savage, he's not an option until round 13 minimum because he'll pick up the jewel. And by then, would he have made too much cash to to really be an option? Well, I don't know. I mean, he's not doing anything that's scoring heaps of points, is he? <laughs> and um, I think if you were going to pick, if, if Sticky was going to use him properly and get something out of him, you'd probably put him at fullback. I mean, when I was playing football, they always said, pass the ball to someone who's in a better position to you. And what was Rapana doing last week? Savage gets all the blame because he copped a bad pass. Um, look, I don't mind Rapana at fullback and, you know, you'd keep an eye on Savage because a lot of us, are, you know, we've got these duds on our bench who are not getting picked in their teams like Billy Smith and Violia and even Cooler's missed this week as well. So, um, you know, you keep an eye on him for sure. Yeah, the problem is he's fullback only right now. Uh, the round six position changes have come and gone. I think round 13, if he gets the duel, he gets the duel. But I just worry that it's just too late for us to jump on him. In, in, dra- yep. in, in draft, I would definitely try and go stash him. In classic, I would probably just be giving an avoid. Um, as you mentioned, Cooler. Oh, boy. I, I, tra- I trade boosted for this guy three weeks ago, and I've got one dud score oh. out of him. Yeah, it stinks, doesn't it? I mean, Tupaludo, he looked pretty good out there. I think he's been carrying a bit of an injury, but I don't know. I just don't know. I mean, you might get him... There's only going to be one person that goes out of the team around Origin time. So, uh, yeah, what it is what it is. It stinks, yeah. but... I think I think he's he's shown that he can play centre. He's shown that he can play wing in in the sort of the game that he got, and he was named at fullback a couple of weeks ago. So I think anyone goes down, his next cab off the rank. He's 174k or whatever he is. Like if if you own him, you can't move him on, and I would just be holding him. Um, so that's it is what it is. Uh, Cam McInnes, we finally get him to see. We finally get to see him starting. Uh, 480k. I think that's the 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 least of the price that he's going to get. Like, this is the cheapest that we will get him. Only scored 40-odd in big minutes on the weekend. Um, I'm not too worried about Dale Finucane. I think Finucane comes back and plays prop. McInnes is brought in to play 13. It, it is what it is. I am looking at him next week. Um, but I want to see the I want to see the production of him in the middle because on the edge, it wasn't great, albeit against the Storm. Yeah, I agree. I, I think he's it's a very juicy price. There's going to be people that are looking to offload players like Furmore, you know, and Josh King and stuff, if you've got jewels and, you know, if he 
starting. And, uh, and like you said, I think with that Hamlin Ueli injury, I think that Finucane goes back to props. So he's a big watch. Um, he, he might be a bit tackle bodish, but I think in the middle, we'll get a real good indicator of what his scores are going to be um, this week. I think his break even off the top of my head is only 38, 39. So he won't sting you if he if he has a typical Cam McInnes game. Um, but he could be a good upgrade for someone like a, a Chris Randall. Um, so if Randall has a break even of two this week, you could probably eke out one more price rise from Randall and then move McInnes on because he has that, that really nice hooker jewel. But yeah, the, the, yeah. the possibilities are endless. And the last big teamless talking point I had here is Joseph Swally. He holds his spot in the side, basically... Yeah, I think now is the time for Suwali in terms of Trent Robinson's mind for super coaches. We do get one more look at him and I think he'll be he'll be the most purchased player next week. I don't I don't see any reason as to why he wouldn't be. Yeah, that's it. I mean and, and people are probably getting skinny on their benches. I've got three reserves that are, you know, not picked. <laughs> Yeah, so in do I. Uh, my team. So, yeah, I think he. Some people might go early, and and definitely he'll be he'll be heavily traded in next week. I didn't mind from an eye test point of view what I saw from him in that game on the wing. Um, I might have to go early in order to you know get the trades that I want to go. But I think yeah, it looks like the they've resigned. I think it's more the center spot there that's going to be up for grabs between the you know the obvious candidates that we talk about all the time on the podcast. I think it was always pegged for him to be on the wing. 100%. Hey, so rather than doing the top 10 most bought, I've done the top 5 most uh, so I've done I've done the top 5 most uh, sold and the top 10 most bought because we, we can give our better insights. The top 10 this week when it comes to outs, it was a lot of 0.71, 1.2% people. So it wasn't really a mass selling. But what is a mass selling at nearly 9% of teams? James Tedesco, back to back. He was the most sold player last week, most sold player this week. If you had the balls to sell him last week, well done. If you waited, you've lost a little bit of cash. He's still 630K. It's just very scary to sell him. Like, and we're going to say this for the next month, but the draw is just ridiculously good. And you know that he can just go off for 150 at any time. Yeah, he can. But I think a lot of people are going to be moving Tedesco on for Cleary. And I'd be very surprised if any single week at all Tedesco outscores Cleary. So, you know, I don't think he's looked great this year. I think the Roosters, I think, are going to come good mid towards the end of the season um, as well. I think they'll find their combinations better. I think Tedesco will bang out some hundreds, but it, to me, he looks slow. He looks old, you know, he, and I've been trying to, you know, you never trade out a premium. That's the, what's the rules, you know, but he's, I'm not, I'm, I'm trading him without any fear. You know, and then watch him go and burn me now. Yeah, I was very confident to trade him last week and then chickened out last minute. So I'm just, I think I'm just going to double down and go this week on him. Um, I have Cleary, so I'm not stressing. Like, I'm not scrambling to get Cleary in like a lot of the majority are. Uh, but we are making some pretty luxury trades, and we will touch on those at the end of the podcast. Number two, most sold very, very closely behind James Desco. I think there was 0.3 of a percentage in this at time of recording is Xavier Coates. Now, Xavier Coates has had two back-to-back very poor scores with no tries. You and I said this on the pod last week, expect these low scores from him uh, when he doesn't perform. Has 100-plus break-even this week, but has the Warriors, the Knights, and the Dragons in the next three. As an owner myself, I'm probably going to give him the week, um, but we would be looking to move on to McKinnis, something like that. We'll, like we'll, we'll touch on that when it comes to trades later on. But Xavier Coates with, as I said, the Warriors, Knights, Dragons, no tries in last two games, but historically Josh Adokar, no, it doesn't even matter. Josh Adokar scored in 58% of games. Um, Vunavalu scored at about 50% of games. And George Jennings scored at also about 50% of games as well. So you'd think a try one every two games. He hasn't had one for two weeks. Uh, we'd be close. And with that draw, uh, 400 and I think 20K, big break even. Mm. What are we doing with Xavier yeah. Coates? Well, look, you know, in the equation, you know, realm of it, people are probably selling coats down to Suwali and making the money to go and get the gap between whoever they've got up to Cleary because that's good good cash. I would be, you know, very much on the selling coats wagon if I'd owned him. Um, 
But like you said, if you can't sell him, don't move heaven and earth to sell him because I think he will score against New Zealand. Melbourne's going to do a number on them. And there's a good couple of games afterwards as well. So that's the thing with Coates and with that O'Carr and with AJ and all that. They have a couple of games where they don't score tries. They start to lose money. And that's when we all jump on them. And then they go on this run. And this kind of run of games for the Melbourne Storm, I think Coates will get another boost again in his scoring and in his prices. Coates is the worst player in my playing 17. So I think that's that's fine. Like if Xavier Coates is the worst of my issues, I think, yeah, teams are in a worse spot. Yep. So I'm not going to move him on. Um, but I can understand why you do. The gap between Teddy and Cleary is about 380 or 360K. So yeah, Coates to Sawali frees you up 150-odd. Uh, another boost, you go firmer down to I don't know, someone else. Uh, and then, yeah, you, you go Teddy to Cleary. Uh, number number three, this one I can't wrap my head around. It's Brad Schneider, mm. and he's got a break-even of yeah. two. He's still got plenty more cash to be made. Surely, like, unless you have Schneider and Ilias as your halves, I can't see a world where you sell Schneider, unless, like I said, unless he's your primary half to get Cleary. Yeah, well, it could be people have just got him locked into their halfback position. Like In my case, I've got Ilias in the halfback position, and I've got... Brown and Munster in my five eight. There's probably people who have got, you know, uh Schneider as their backup um halfback and they're they're doing the upgrade now. They're having to find a heck of a lot of money <laughs> to yeah, get up to see, Cleary. I but I wouldn't be selling the backup. I'd be selling your primary. Like if you own the Moses and you own the Schneider, I'd just be selling Moses. Yeah, I agree. I think Moses has made his money. It's such a small jump to go, and you don't have to butcher your team. Schneider, he looks like he's pretty super coach friendly, and he's got more money to make. It's still a low break even. I agree. I mean, I could, you know, maybe work it and get Ilias down to 5'8 and sell Dylan Brown, but I do not want Ilias in my team, not even for another week. Yeah, no, you talk me into playing him two weeks in a row. He's done. He's dead to me. <laughs> um, no, but like, yeah, I'd much rather sell Dylan Brown. I'd much rather sell. Um, your, your, your primary... And the only re, the only way I can justify you selling Brad Schneider is if you have the Schneider and Ilias combination. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I'd be selling my main halfback. Uh, number four, both yeah. for more. He has done a wonderful, wonderful job. I think owners got very lucky with the attacking stats he pulled in the first three weeks because we've managed to, to ride this price for the last three weeks and he hasn't been wonderful. Uh, look, he did have a try that was 30, 10 metres offside, not even half a, uh, half a foot offside last week that... Would have bumped him up to a 60-60-odd. But, yeah, he's made his cash. Big break even this week. Not a lot, not a season-long keeper. I understand he plays the buys, but, yeah, surely at 500-plus K, you want to be putting the reserve tag on these guys. And, and for me, he's just not putting out the scores consistently enough to warrant being a reserve. Um, but, yeah, I think we got very lucky with the attacking stats that he had early on. And, yeah, look, he's been a wonderful servant to a lot of clubs, and I think that you just move him on now. Yep, I agree. He's made good money. I think he's a cut and run. You could even get him if you've got a, some short change up to someone quite nice because he's a tick under 500k or he's a nice downgrade. He's going to be what funds my Cleary, you know, this week as well. So I think he's done a great job. He's made over 100, nearly 120k and I get it. I get why he's being sold. This is the, and the, I guess for people that are new to Supercoach, this is their first year playing. This is the beauty of Cash Cows. Uh, we bought Fermor and Nanai for a combined what, 650K and sold them for nearly a million. So just shows you the the, the beauty of uh, cash cows and cutting them at the right time. Um, that's just a, a little tidbit for any new players out there. And the fifth most sold player this week, I also agree with this selling as well. He's in a very similar boat to both Fermor. I think owners got very lucky with the attacking stats that he jagged. But let's be honest, Josh King, bit of a plotter. 49 break even, but he's made you a whopping 210K. Fantastic pickup if you got him early. Uh, but I think now is the time to cut loose. Yeah, I agree. Um, he, he, You could probably hold him for another week if you absolutely needed to. Last week, he was in the front row rotation. Is he is he named there again this week? I don't know. He's I back at really 13 this that. week, but I still think it's a, it's a very similar rotation. You've got Cheese on the bench there. Um, you've got Moroa. You have Lola here. And there's someone and Nelson, I think, is also on the bench. So there's just a big middle rotation there. Yeah, I mean, the last time he played at Lock, he got like 60-plus minutes. I think you could probably safely hold him for another week, whether he makes his B or not. That's a different story. With the money that I'm going to save this week, if I do boost, I can probably get Josh King up to an IPAP or a Lolo quite easily, which is what the plan is, because 
not so urgent. Um, but he, it is time for selling. 200K is, is cash you want to make the most of. Yeah, 40 on break even. What's the worst that's going to happen? He scores a 37, 38, and he goes 10 points under. Not the end of the world. It's not like a Xavier coach who has 102 break even who could score you a 15. So if you if you wait a week, I understand it. If you don't own Fermo and you're looking at sort of another trade target option to trade out, uh, yeah, Josh King. Probably this is the peak, and next week I think definitely would be a trade out if you don't jump off this week. Moving into the most bought, uh, number one, I've just left the exact same notes last week because it is Blake Taft, goal-kicking fullback at 210k, golden draw. The only thing is you can't wait a week, which is what we could have done last week. Look, he scored 24 points in goal-kicking last week, which could be a concern, but Souths with their golden draw, uh, I think he's going to be getting a lot of shots at target, and he did get quite a few touches on the ball. Cody wasn't dominating possession as much as I thought he would, and Taft was getting quite involved. Yeah, I mean, he looks good. He's not a huge investment at 210. He's, people are going to be downgrading to get him. Um, the draw has been nice, and we've been expecting Cody to go off, you know, with that draw. So, you know, every all the signs point to a great trading, I think. For Is he teams. a play? Is he a play in your side? Um, if I get him in this week, I think I'd play him against the Tigers. I mean, what a game that was, and what a win! I'm, I'm really, and you're a Tigers fan. How I am, mate. That? I'm, a, I'm, I thought, I'm broke. I had to ask all my subscribers to give me some money to buy grand final tickets. <laughs> but I mean, it just a good news story, you know, for 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 NRL and and for Hastings, you know, with that field goal. But yeah, look, I think South should, you know, have the job, get the job done. I mean, look, the Eels, but I don't know if West Tigers can get up two games in a row. I think he's a safe play. I mean, you'd play anyone in your team who's playing against the West Tigers, wouldn't you? I mean, let's yeah. forget about last week. And, yeah, hundred uh, percent. I'll be playing Taft probably. Yeah, no, I think last week was our grand final, and yeah, Souths are just sort of getting better and better as weeks go by. Um, no, something to note as well, Latrell, um, obviously being out for eight weeks, he just decided to go get his knee cleaned out. Um, the same procedure that Cam McKinnis had before the season started as well, just to get the cartilage cleaned out. So I don't think that's going to prolong his recovery by by more. Like the, the hamstring was, was eight weeks, and Cam McKinnis, his time frame was four weeks. So I don't think it's going to prolong it, but yeah, just something to note that the Trell decided to go get his knee cleaned out whilst he's on the on the rehab bench. Uh, number two, mm. Nathan Cleary. Like I said, only a forty-seven price K drop. It's got a sting, but if you don't own, it's a golden time because Blake Taff has emerged and Teddy is sinking. So it's a very easy jump off there to find the cash. As an owner, I am filthy that you guys get an easy out so easily to get him in. Uh, but if you don't own. It, he is a guy that you move heaven and earth for. I know you said you don't you don't move heaven and earth to trade out Xavier Coates, but you you sell the house, you remortgage it, you ask your friends for all the money you can in the world, and you just get Cleary. Non-negotiable for me. Yeah, someone sent me a question this week, and they're like, can you have another look at Cleary? I was live at a Canberra Raiders game last week, and I'm a Raiders fan, no. and <laughs> I am not going to be sitting on him another week. His BE is in the 80s, isn't it? Yeah, it's I 82. I think he'll get that. <laughs> so he's going to make money. This is the cheapest I think you're <laughs> going to get him for a while. you got to get him. 10% of people are doing the right thing. I mean, look, you might be breaking your team to do it as long as you can still get a good 17 we got 150 last week. I, I will be tipping him to ton up again this week against the Raiders. And, you know, it's, you've got to get him. I don't think, personally, if you don't get him this week, you don't get him until round 18. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're not going to move now and get him, you know, for this matchup and, you know, where with his B that he's got now, yeah, at least until uh, after Origin. Yeah, I do. So, yeah. It's just the yeah, the, gotta go. the closer and closer you get to Origin, the less and less ideal it is to buy him because he's going to be out for at least two weeks. Does Ivan sit him? Because Sean O'Sullivan looks really good. Like, I don't think he does. I think Clear's the kind of guy who wants to play. But it's always got to be in the back of your mind that be like, oh, you know what? Sean O'Sullivan looked good. Like, maybe they just sit him. So, yeah, you get him in this week. Yeah, it's a possibility. Get him in this week or round 18. But, yeah, definitely this week. Uh, number three, yep. I didn't think I'd see Tony Staggs' name. If you told me Tony Staggs would be in the, in the top three most purchased players after the first month, I'd call you a liar. Now, he's had back-to-back <laughs> tons, has a great matchup, and a really, really good break-even. Can owners that... If you owned him in his in his horrible stance, do you admit defeat and getting back in, or is that just two trades that you've burnt? Well, I mean, the funny thing is, is somebody said, look, I sold him, and I'm thinking of bringing him back in. Should I get him, or should I get Lomax? Now, I probably would have said, while Staggs was stinking, that I prefer Lomax, and I prefer Graham, but Staggs, as we've seen in the last two weeks, he can go 100 quite easily. Um, I probably put him ahead of them now 
you know, that, that's where I am on, on stags. So you can't look at it as uh, I sold him. You sold not having a dig stags, but in the last two weeks, he looks like he's flipped the ghost switch. And I, it's really not one of those ones where I think he's going to switch back off again. Yeah. I think the Broncos have twigged that you've got to get him the ball. You've got to get him the ball early. It's happened the last two weeks. And watching him, you're like, that's what we wanted from round one. So I don't think it's going to go backwards. I think it's going to go along as it is. Maybe not his third hundred in a row, although that's a possibility. But I think he's going to be playing with the energy that he's been playing with. Um, in the last two weeks. I just want to debunk something because on Twitter, everyone was like, oh, this is why you don't sell a gun. But has Stags ever been a gun? I went back and looked at his historical data. He's had one season where he's averaged over 60, and that was last year when he had a four-game sample size. Was Stags ever a gun? Really? He's he's not even a gun yet. I mean, Talakai's turned up the last two weeks. Are we calling him a gun? I am. You know, I, I love Talakai. Yeah, I know I love him too, but they're not quite a gun. They they have the ability to turn up, you know, at will. You know, so does Fafita, you know, and we call him a premium as well. Um, at their best, these guys are a gun, but the problem with these fleety players like Stags and Fafita is that they can be very average. Um, and Stags' only success rate does they have those average games more than most, so that's why he's never been a gun because he can't put 10 games together like it or he can't, you know, get – Ten hundreds in a year. He's got two now. We'll see how he goes. Maybe by the end of the year, we'll be saying he is a gun. I have this theory that Cameron Munster and and people that follow me on Twitter know that I have this theory. He does nothing against sides that are not in the top four, uh, but against the top four, he's like a captain option every week. And he did it last week against this the uh, what are they called the Sharks? He did it against the Eels and then flopped against God. They played somewhere in round five. He flopped then, and they were a bottom feeding side. He is the fourth most purchased player this week. He's a very consistent option. He, we know that week in, week out, he'll, he'll, he won't disappoint you. But are we buying him at a sky-high price? Is, is now the time to get him? Surely, like, you don't get Cleary and Munster this close to origin? Yeah, I, I find that a little odd. If you, Unless you've just got absolute duds. And it's probably people who've got Cody Walker just cutting ties with him, I guess. But... It's not a hard matchup, really. I think Munster is a good, you know, he's definitely somebody you want in your team. But I think those people that started with him, um, you know, that's it's one of those ones you go, well done. People who started with Dylan Brown, I brought Dylan Brown in when he'd already made a bunch or good amount of money. I don't know if I'd be buying Cam Munster now. I'd be investing my money elsewhere pre-origin. Yeah, uh, that's sort of where I'm sitting too. If you own him, well done, but I wouldn't be running out of my way to buy him. Uh, now... Talking about buying at a sky high price, Siva Talakai, what? Yeah, what a man! Now, I bought I bought him last week, thinking he'd absolutely tear up the Tigers. He was okay. He scored fifty nine or something, and I I bought him knowing that this matchup against the Storm would be tough. Oh boy, he he just tore them to shreds. He he is an absolute stud. I I said this a couple of weeks ago when he when he first came back into the starting side. Like I said, he's a genuine seventy point average kind of guy if he can get consistent game time. And this is why every Supercoach podcast under the sun absolutely froths over him. He is just an absolute machine. Yeah, he's an animal, and good on your Daily Telegraph for him not being dual. He'd already played two games, you know. There, here we, here and, we go. That's the eight over. Here we are. He keeps getting all oh, Ikevalu's back in the in the squad this week, but is he been named to start in center wing? No, it's an absolute balls up, and I'm I'm not going to let it go, and I'm not going to be happy about it. But I have got Talakai in my team. It's nice to see him named there again. I, would you buy him like now? I don't know. Okay, I don't know because like the draw is exceptionally good, and he won't play Origin. And I think his job security is fantastic. I think Connor Tracy comes back in and plays the utility role when he's fit. And everything I'm saying is pointing towards a buy, but he's 600k. Yeah, I mean, when he was in the 400s, it was a you know it was a risky buy, wasn't it? Yeah, it I bought him three. Weeks. I bought him three weeks ago for like a lot less than what people are paying now. I don't know. What, yeah. do, you, what do you think? What are you thinking on on Talakai? Because like he's obviously a stud, but like we have to take some kind of pedigree into what he does. His base is extraordinary for a center. His attacking stats is there. Whilst Ronaldo Molotalo has the hand of God. Talakai inside him is just going to feed him. And he's added a bit of ball playing, but yeah, he's 600k now with a break even of 18. So the price rise isn't going to be huge. Like, it's not like he has a minus 30 break even. Like, his break even's 20, so even if he goes out and scores 70, it's not going to be a massive, yeah. massive, massive price rise. 
Uh, yeah, but... yeah. I mean, that's that's what I reckon. I, I, at the 600 price, and I'm a buyer, I've, I've, you've already got him, congratulations. But if I'm looking at buy and I just go filter by price, there's players around the 600K price tag in the second row or cheaper that I'd prefer. Yeah. And if he had center wing, I would say yes, but he doesn't. So I'm not too sure if I'd love bringing him at 600K to be in your back mm. row. When you can get someone like an Angus Crichton who has bottomed out and is back starting. That's just my two cents. Uh, number yep. six, another guy that I started with. There seems to be a theme with my season that if I started with these guys, there's a reason why I'm doing well. Jason Tamalolo, minutes increasing week on week. He's looking, he is looking good. Uh, Jewel as well, which is huge. Like it just helps yep. massively. And, and yeah, getting more minutes. The Cowboys looking good as well. So, I mean, Cotter's yep. named on the bench. What are the odds yep. that, what are the odds that Lolo gets moved back or Cotter gets named at proper, whatever, like either, like whatever's happening with, with, this it's working yeah it is and uh, you know I, i've been talking to people saying you know they asked me is, is lolo back and i said look it'll be early 70s i think he's going to get to um he was good live i was watching him at that game you know and the cowboys you know they've got a little bit more to him this year i think the raiders muffed it more than the cowboys win it but Lolo looked terrific out there and he played good minutes. He took on the whole pack and, you know, he looks great. And he's, he's you know, people are going to be getting rid of Josh King and I think Lolo is a fabulous you know, he, option. He played basically 63 minutes straight, came yeah. off for like seven minutes and then came back on for the last 10. I think he played 72 minutes. Like, keep doing what you're doing, Todd Payton. Just yeah. don't stuff this up for us, please. <laughs> Yeah, and also as, the, as someone po- pointed out to me on my podcast, um, you know, he, Lolo seems to do better. You know, he, when the weather's not, you know, hot yeah. and terrible yeah. summer type weather, and we're starting to cool down a little bit, he seems to play better in those conditions. And it was a bit of a nippy old night in Canberra, and he, you know, he dominated. He was good. Number seven on this list. I'm pretty sure this is a pre TLT trade, but it's Isaiah Tass. No, no. I mean, you don't bring in somebody who you know he played a game last week and. You know, at 175, um, you're going to be stuck with people like a back like off Kula. the bench. Yeah, like yeah, mm. no, it's no good. I think I'm sure people are going to reverse that. Yeah, I'm positive that's just a pre TLT trade. Uh, number eight, David Fafita. Oh god, this stings. I, I traded him out. Um, so did I. Uh, what are we doing? We getting him back in? Is he a buy? Oh, I mean, seven hundred twenty-nine thousand. He's back up to top price. He's going to go off to origin. I think he's picked up his form. Um, you know, I, I held Hamoli instead, who's only getting 10 points less, you know, and I, I bagged all that money. So it hasn't really bothered me too much. Um, it's not the worst matchup for him this week, but it's again, I, I would have grabbed Fafita when he was, had, he didn't lose a whole bunch of money, but now he's he's made a bit again. I, and I, he's can't complain. His starting price. I can't complain. I sold Fafita for Cleary. So I, I Cannot be too upset, but it does sting. Mm. Um, considering he's just he's just yeah, looking looking good. Uh, number nine, Jackson Hastings. Now he had an initial price drop. He came into the season at three hundred and fifty k. Had a price drop because the Tigers sucked. Uh, is he a genuine option? Is, he's got his jewel. He's three fifty. Is he a genuine option, or is this just chasing the points from last week? He had. I'll give you an interesting stat. He had a he had ninety touches in that game. Um, the competition leader is um, Ben Hunt with sixty eight touches a game. And the competition average is around 55 touches. So he had 90s, nearly double what the competition average was. Is it a one-off? Is he going to be more involved? Are we chasing the points? Or at 350s, is he an option? Well, if what happened towards the end of that game was to stick where he was kicking goals, because Luke Brooks stinks as a goal kicker, <laughs> to be honest. Um, if he was kicking goals, I would think that it's he might be a pretty good option. I don't think can the we score enough the, points? Though, that's, the, that's the problem, though. Like, can, can the goal kicking be warranted? Like, we're, we're only oh. averaging eight points a game before that. Yeah, but I mean, I think they showed in that game a style that they're going to try to adopt, which is an attack a bit more. I think Just give he, the ball off a it really it really suits uh, the team with him being the general and to have lots of touches. He he's no shrinking violet like Luke Brooks is, and he's you don't have to. He's out there and he wants the ball. He's got a loud voice. He calls for it. He puts you know that kick over for Nofo was just sublime. Yeah. I reckon he's a fair option. I don't know if I'd go there because you know I started with the cheapie and then I want to go up to someone who I'm willing to finish the year with. Um, but, you know, he's, I think he's – if you're saying I think that Hastings is going to continue to be the main man and have that many touches in that team, I think he will. 
Yeah, I think, I think, he will. I think, I think that's they've hung their hat on the fact that he will. I think ninety is a bit excessive, but I definitely can think he can rival Ben Hunt with sort of the touches. Uh, Madge is pretty clear in the stance that it gives Brooks an option to be the sort of eyes up player, and Hastings is very similar to Munster in the fact that he doesn't mind taking a hit up as well. So I think he gets stuck in in defense. He'll take a hit up. The base should be good. Um, yeah, I, I don't don't hate it at all. Uh, number ten, Joseph Sawali. <sighs> yeah. Now is cool if you have to, but otherwise I'd just be waiting. Yeah, uh, you know, in the case of of me, it might be something I have to do to make the f- the funds work. If you've got to go, I mean, he he Sawali, he's getting paid good money. They brought him to the club. I think it was always a plan for this to get him in and be on the wing. I don't think he's under threat from any of the options there. Momo's not going to take his a wing spot off him. Um, you know, Naguama could take a spot off him because he's probably naturally a winger, but he, there's no way Naguama's ahead of Suwali in the pecking order. Um, and we've got Billy Smith, who I think is mainly a centre. So I think they're going to fight it out for that centre spot. He's sort of passed the eye test. If you've got to go early, I think he's a safe enough go early. I think he's safer than all of us that jumped on bloody Cooler. Cooler. Yeah, far out. Um, he scored 26 in base power. I think he's average for the season. He's going to be around that 42 mark at, when it's all said and done. So, yeah, I think there's there's merit in buying and we'll move on accordingly. Uh, that's going to wrap up the, I guess, most bought and sold. Let's move into captains. I'll let you go first, mate, because I have a pretty hefty list. So if you want to run down the best options for, for captaincies you've got, mate. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Yeah, well, I mean, I've got to admit, I haven't really looked a heap at it, but I'm going to be a Cleary owner. So I think he's the captain for me against the Raiders. They're playing at home as well. So he's the obvious captain for me. Um, For a VC, I don't mind taking a flutter. If you're a a feeder owner in that game, maybe if it was at home, I think it'd be a better one. But I like Cook um, against the West Tigers um, as well. I think he's been on fire. Um, I don't mind your parrot yield players as well. If you wanted to take a flutter on one of them against the, um, you know, the Knights are really starting to go downhill as well. But I like, um, I like Cleary for a captain and I'd be happy to captain anyone from the Melbourne Storm against the Warriors as well. 100%. We saw the Tigers really struggle with the ruck against uh, Parramatta Eels. They were giving away a lot of six against and a lot of penalties, especially out of Parramatta's own end. So you think that the guys like your Jai Arrows, your Liam Knights, and your Cam Murrays. These guys that thrive with that quick play of the ball, Cookie will just be on that front foot all game, you'd, you'd think. Um, mate, I've got a list of about 15 names here that people can sift through. Mm. Nico, Talakai, Ronaldo Molotalo, I think all great VC shouts. Obviously, DCE against the Sharks as well, good VC option. Tony Staggs against mm. the Bulldogs, VC, uh, Lolo and Fafita. Both those guys could be op- genuine VC options as well. Uh, I think Blake Taff is also worth a shout to be your VC if you're not a Cleary owner. Um, Damien Cook, he can go VC or C. I'd be confident to put the C on him this week if you had to. Uh, Dylan Brown, as you said, and Mitch Moses, the 6 and 7. Those guys against the Knights should tower up. Uh, Nathan Cleary, I've got him big capital letters here. He'll be my uh, captain this week against the Raiders. And then the big three of Munster, Pappenhausen, Grant against the Warriors. Really, really... I'm uh when it when it comes to trades we'll, we'll touch on those but I'm leaving out either Cook or Grant and I don't feel confident as to what the decision will be. Mm. Yeah, um, it is a tough one. Hey, let's move on to hot takes. Last week we were doing. I actually went all right. I had um, Cleary to go over a hundred. I had Cook to outscore Grant, and then we had Moses under sixty. But I'll tell you what: if you told me Moses had scored forty-five points after twenty minutes. Uh, and ended up on what seventy two. I'd, I'd take that as a win. Like I was, I was watching through the, the peeled peeled eyes there. Like he, <laughs> he was looking like he could go bonkers. Yeah, I was in a couple of head to heads where it was Dylan Brown versus Moses as our captain, and yeah. I was happy that he sort of 
took the foot foot off the go switch. Missed a couple of goals, uh, missed a field goal, and then yeah, yep. I'm just glad that game was over because I didn't have to to sweat uh, Mose anymore. Uh, this week, yeah. this week I've got Fafita under 65. He's up against Harlem Luki. I just hope that Luki can do a job on him. Uh, if it was against Nanai, different story, but he's on Luki's edge, so um, he's a guy that we haven't spoken about either. Harlem Luki. Quick, quick thoughts. Mm. Are you 55 base power with the attacking upside, playing 80? Yeah, well, looking at him live, he looked really damaging, and he looked, you know, is he, he as he big in person as what he looks on TV? He is. He's he's huge, and he was just a lot to handle for the Raiders' defense. You know, I mean, I don't think they were putting their shoulders into it, but um, look, he's starting now. It's a pity that this wasn't how it went from the start of the year, because you know, I know a lot of people that started with Lukey, and you know, they didn't change it and they had him there waffling away on their bench and probably sold him but um look you know it looks good he looks good to me um and at the price who are you looking at people like Brody Jones and and yeah, yeah some of them He's I mean, the I'll probably take McInnes. yeah I'll probably take McInnes ahead of him um, in my opinion yeah cool so now I've got David Fafita under 65 I've got clearly go back to back hundreds I think you and I have the same prediction there and I've got Herbie Herbie to outscore Katoni in the battle of the Broncos centers <laughs> Nice. I like it. All right. Well, I'm going to say a bounce back for Nico. I think he's going to go 100 again. It seems easy yo-yo. So after last week's game, I think he's going to bounce back this week um, against the Manly for 100. I think it's going to be uh, Lolo. He's going to get his first ton of the year. I think he's warming up and it was 80 something last week. I think it's going to be a ton this week. I'm saying Cody Walker is going to fail again. I think I'm going to say under 60 for Cody. And I'm going to finish up with Mad Dog gets a ton. Mad Dog getting a ton would would ruin ruin my week because seeing him just continually dominate, and not owning, is frustrating. Cody Walker He's got a lot of lot of a lot of uh, clubs after him, so I think he might keep it going. Cody Walker is averaging less than thirty five this season. Can you believe it? He couldn't do anything wrong last year. Now he's averaging thirty four point seven. He is currently 432K, sorry, 483K. He's lost 250K already, and he has a break oh. even of 102. We're going to get, get this bloke at 400K. Probably. And I mean, you could go, you could downgrade, you know, you could downgrade uh, uh, the Raiders, Schneider, if you've got jewels there, to Cody Walker. <laughs> That's insane. We're going to get him at uh, 400K, I mean, just, honestly. It just shows that how much. A Ray meant to his game, and all of over all the years we were saying, you know, A Ray provides for you know for Cook to do his thing, and it was all you know. I mean, uh, for Cody to do his thing, and look, you we knew that Cody relies on on A Ray, but we just didn't know how much. Oh, and he's, yeah, he looks I, a little bit listless out there. I've said this on a couple of podcasts, but like I made a post in the preseason comparing Cody's career average, like over the past seven years, to what he averages without A Ray. Cody averages like I think from career historic wise, he averages about sixty two, and with that, with A Ray, he averages about fifty three. So it th- there is a drop there, but I didn't expect it to thirty five is not an accurate representation, and he will come good. But yeah, I, and I'm not being sarcastic when I say that we are going to get him at four hundred k in a couple of weeks. Oh, definitely, and I think I'll probably take him. I don't know if I'll start playing him until I see a big score. But I'll, imagine he's, that. He's imagine buying Cody play. Walker at cheap enough and then just benching him. <laughs> yeah, until you see something. But I mean, it's he's he's too cheap, and he's going to be too cheap for you to even pass up. Um, the beneficiary of him being a little bit quiet is Cook, who's just taken the team on his shoulders, you know, for attack and for runs and everything. So, you know, it was good good uh, you know foresight by, by people to jump on Cook as soon as they saw him running, and you're you're benefiting from those scores that are coming. I don't think they're going to stop. One good game from Ilias in his three round cycle, and we could honestly just swap Ilias to Walker. Yeah, that's right. Oh. Yeah, one more good game from him. I don't know if he's got it in him, though. Ilias doesn't look like he's super coach friendly to me. Goodness gracious. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to report a trade. As I said at the top of the podcast, mine are kind of luxury trades. We're going to be using our third boost this week, I think. I'm, I'm, I'm saying I think because, obviously... Hey, I copped a lot of stick on Twitter for, for backing out of my trades. People act like we do not change our minds, which is I think is... Hilarious. I, th- I think we change our minds more than anyone. Um, but I think I'm locked into these. It'll be Teddy, Firmer, Randall out. Those three are going out. Randall, yeah, he's got a two break even. Still cash me made. But for the cash that we're going to generate, we can bring in Cook or Grant. I have to work out what we're doing. And then we're bringing in Taff and Haas. 
those two are locked in. And then the last choice is between Cook and Grant. Um, if I go Grant, it gives me 65K in the bank. If I go Cook, it gives me 100K in the bank. I'm leaning towards Cook because then I can go Coates to McInnes next week if the minutes and the scores there. Um, but yeah, definitely definitely Teddy Firmer out, Taff uh, Haas in. And then it's Randall to either Cook or Grant. So bringing in two guns at the expense of Teddy. Um, and yeah, Taff will become a playing option for me as well. So basically taking out two playing options to bring in three, which is always nice. Uh, what are you doing, Matt? Yeah, well, it's going to be Teddy out for me. Um, I'm going to go to Taff because I'm going to boost. I have to boost because I've lost so many people uh, off my bench. I don't really have playable options and I can't do it in two trades, which means I'm burning four boosts. <laughs> but, you know, I think that it's better for instead of going enough or something silly, I'm going to be bringing in playable options. So I'll go Teddy down to Taff. I will go Ilias up to um, Cleary, which is a big jump. And I'll go Furmore. It'll either be down to Suwali and it'll probably be Suwali. It means I'm going to have to bring Targo up to the set, second row forward for the time being because I don't really want to go Brody Jones, who I could also afford. Um, so those are the three trades. It's going to be Suwali in, Cleary and Taff. Uh, and out it's going to be Ilias Furmore, which are two, you know, medium, you know, and one cheapy really. Um, and Teddy for two, you know, nice trades, I think. Yeah, nice. It seems like, yeah. The Teddy sells a common denominator. Really wish I did it last week and, and pulled the trigger, but it is what it is. You live mm. and you learn. You took the gamble. It didn't work out. Uh, I've got to get a soundbite made up for listener questions, but I put the call out to Twitter. I wanted to get some pretty broad questions. Um, I do a lot. I do the deadline stream, and, and you answer a lot of sort of individual trade talk questions on, on your platforms as well. I didn't want to sit here and answer 10, do I trade X for Y, because it doesn't correlate to a lot of the, the masses. So... Got a couple of decent broad range questions that hopefully can help uh, a lot of the guys out there. And the first one comes from the Jinx Man on Twitter. Now, he said, I've used a lot of trades and boosts, but to be fair, I'm pretty happy with my team as a whole. Do I completely avoid trading unless I can get in Cleary? So basically, by the sounds of it, he has just decimated his boosts and trades in the first six weeks, but to be set up. Is that too much of an issue? I'm of the opinion where, look, if you if you just get your team set up for the first six, seven weeks, you should be able to pump the brakes on trades moving forward unless a big cheapie comes up. Yeah, I, I think burning is fine, but you've got to have a mindset of of a place where you're going to save. So there's no point saying that I've got my team set up, but I'm oh, but I'm still going to trade because <laughs> you're not you're not showing restraint. So yeah, I think if you're going to do it, Cleary's like, all right, well that's it. I'm gonna if I get Cleary now with his ADB in a nice matchup. I'll grab Cleary and then I'm going to pull pump the brakes. I, I I'm burning them as well. I saved last week because I did no trades, but I'm, that's the thing. You're going to have to buy them back. I don't think you really need heaps of boost if you save actual trades and you just get a, a week early on a run up for your buys. You know, like you don't necessarily need it for that. But I think you've got to have a mindset to save because people say, "Oh yeah, I'll save them sometime," and sometime never comes. Yeah, no, I get that. I think. I just want to get out um, Coates and I want to get out one of my deadweight center wings, whether that be Russell, whether that be Vaella or, or whoever. And then I'm kind of set. I've got Brody Jones ticking along in the background. I've got Tua Luggy ticking along in the background. Uh, Max King, he's still got plenty of time. Unfortunately, someone like Andrew Fafita, I'm probably never going to trade out until like the very end because he's never going to make enough money to warrant a trade out. Um, but unless you yeah, have an injury, we should be pretty sweet. Uh, this one comes from Matt Santos. Now, Viliami Kickout, he's always a rocks or diamonds type of guy. Do we see enough diamonds in him to be a season worth hold to this season to be worth holding? Or is there too many rocks? Also, how many players is enough players for round 13 without ruining your season rank? So a bit of a two-part question there. Uh, when it comes to the top five or the top 10 most sold out players, Viliami Kickout was actually number six. So we just skipped him. And I wanted to skip him for this question. Now, it doesn't have to be Kickout. This can be basically any of these rocks or diamonds types of guys um, in a, in any position, really. But with Kickout, has he shown enough? Like, is other highs worth the lows when it comes to him? Yeah, he he's not really, you know, one of the ones. I, I mean, I, I rarely own him. I know that Tim Moody, the old winner of last year, has got a soft spot for Viliamo, Viliami, but he's one of those ones. He, he's going to play in round 13. I think he'll probably score well in round 13. This year, it's been exactly what it is to own um, him. You've got three 80s and you've got, you know, 
a 30, a 31, a 40. I loved That's what you're going to get. I love the narrative after the first two rounds. It was Kikau's back. He looks fit. He looks very energetic. He looks like a season keeper. And then everyone jumped on and he shit the bed. It's what he yeah, is. Yeah, it's a 30. But, he, you know, against South, he got a, an 80. And then in the last couple of weeks where you thought they were good matchups, he's gone and, you know, done average. What's, what's his average for the year? 60 points is his average. I think you could, you know, things could be worse, couldn't they? I mean, yeah, 60 average in there. If he is if he is your best second rower though, that is a concern. If you yeah. own kick out, you've got to have some stability around him, I feel. Yeah. And you can play him on matchups, you know. What's his BE this week? It's yeah, well, ninety-five. So he might lose a little bit of money, but you know, it's one of those ones you make a decision for yourself. If you've got three, if you know, for me it's like Murray, Hamole, and Telekai is my starting second row. And if I had a kick out there on reserve on the bench. Um, you know, you can pick him on matchups, but I don't think he's an urgent sell because he's one of those ones that ends up being an okay average because he gets those, he get, he'll get you a know, number of forties, but he'll bump it back up with an 80 or a hundred, you know, here and there. hundred percent. He's done three eighties this week, this year. So he does it pretty consistently. He likes a Raiders matchup too, I think um, over the years, because we've targeted him and he's, he seems to get up for those games. The second part of that question, how many players is enough for round 13 without ruining your overall rank? I've always said 12, 13, and that's fine. Like, honestly, yeah. honestly, th- th- I went at round... Th- I, I, went, I, I had a shocking year last year. I got off to a really bad start and was playing catch-up. I went at round 13 very hard last year. I had 17 guys playing. I made mm. a, I, I made 100 points on the field. I didn't make that yeah. many. I didn't make that many spots. I, If you can field 13, sweet. Yep. I agree. See, because it's about quality over quantity in those rounds. And if you've got the main ones from that round that are going to be the big scorers, you know, there's people that have got Manu and in that round, uh, in round 13, Manu is a great captain option. He's going to be playing fullback, you know, so you've got the right person for that round 13. You you, you don't need to fill it up with a whole bunch of you know, that's, crap. That's exactly if, what I did. Like I bought in James Fisher-Harris. I bought in Cody Ramsey. I bought in... Uh, one more on top of my head. Just guys that played around thirteen for the sake of bringing them in, and and people yeah, bring in, people ask me this all the time. In. Hey, when do you start looking at round thirteen? When are you planning for it? This year, I'm not just going to bring guys in because they play. I want to be bringing them yeah. in because they're going to be bringing value to my side. I, I don't want to be bringing someone in to play round thirteen and then have to trade them out in round seventeen. Yeah, so I guess the answer to people is that if you're deciding between player A and player B now, just filter your team and see how many round 13s that are not origin players that you've got. And it may, if if it's such a line ball decision on the two players, then maybe, you know, you go in, on that direction. Yeah. If it's somebody who you think is going to be, if it's definitely down between two players, you're thinking about them as a player. Um, I don't think you're going to, br- you need to rush to bring in these players at a score 40. And that's what, you know, JFH, if he has a good game, it's 66, you know, and that's, that's it. Bring in, if you've got, you know, 10 to 12 people that are all chance of scoring 75 and above, you'll beat these people that go in with 14, 15. They've just got silly players in there. I was in head to heads last year when I had, I think 14 in one of the buys and I got beaten by a guy who had seven. Yeah. They were just they were the best ones. So yeah, you got to don't just pick a player because they're around 13, never pick a player just because they're around 13 or around 17. But someone like Hamole, he, he's a great buy, but has the upside of around 13. You're not buying him because he plays it. He, he, he possesses value for you elsewhere. Um, So I'm just looking at my side now. I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine players playing around 13 at the moment. One of them is Cleary. Trust it or drop that down. And the other two are, are Cooler and Vayala. So if we're going to be realistic, I've got two, three, four, five, six, seven right now, and I've done zero planning. Um, I'll be looking at bringing in someone like a Hamole. I'll be looking at bringing in maybe a couple of other guys. So for example, if I was looking between Hamole or Cam McInnes, I'd probably lean towards Hamole because he plays around 13. But I wouldn't be going out of my way to bring him in just for the sake of it. Like have genuine trade targets that you want in your side, but don't just don't run out of your way to buy them. Like like I said, I did it with James Fisher-Harris last year, who, yeah, he's fine, but is his 55 points really worth a trade? Yep, well said. Cool. Uh, next question, the last question we have today. Todd G, uh, regular commenter on all my posts, so shout out, Todd. Is using too many boosts too early a problem? I've used two so far, but don't mind using a third if I had to. 
Uh, I included this one because I have just used my third as well. And I'm using it to bring in Haas and Cook. I'm using it to bring in two guys as season-long keepers. I used one last week to bring in Cleary. I used one a couple of weeks ago to bring in Hines. So basically, I've used three boosts to bring in Cleary, Haas, Cook, Hines. Yeah, three boosts, not ideal. But don't use them to bring in Hastings, Suwali, and I don't know, Lolo, you know what I mean? Like, use them to bring in guys that are genuinely going to bring upside to your side because that, I think that's what they're there for. Yep. I think, if, you know, people say to me, oh, you've got to keep a couple, you know, for the buys. Well, I mean, if you're playing, you know, if, you, if you're at those numbers that you're at now currently, Whisper, you're, you're already got, you're underway. You just got to, you know, in the weeks leading up to it, you, you use actual trades. And if you've used Boost, you save actual trades. All the boost does is allow you to do an extra trade in that round. So if you've got the foresight to think of your buys a couple of weeks out, and if you're not someone that does it the round before, like, oh, crap, I've only got six, you know, you'll be fine. Um, Like you said, if it's doing something great in your team and it helps you, you know, like this week I could trade Teddy and Furmore and get enough and 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 Cleary, but I don't want to have enough in there. I want someone who's going to keep generating money um, and I'm using it, you know, sensibly. And getting three players instead of one player and enough, so that which is a much worse, you know, move. And one one more question. I know how I said that was the last one, but this one came in from NRL SC Merseyside Reds on Twitter. I think this is a fantastic question that a lot of people can relate to. You and I, yeah, we're sitting pretty. Uh, I'm in the top what zero point seven percent. You're in the top two percent of teams. Like we're sitting pretty, but there are a lot of guys that that aren't doing as well as us and, and need to to climb back. And he wants to know, at what point do you look at anti-potting some players, not your upper mid-tier keepers, but sort of your mid-range guys, um, like Olakawatu or Tamalolo, as opposed to trying to match teams in front of you so you don't fall further behind? So he's currently ranked 11K overall. So I think, just to summarize that question, when should your trade strategy change from sticking with the pack to trying to chase the, the upside yeah, it's one of those ones. I, I, I'm always thinking if I'm going to go and pod off in another direction, I'm thinking about can they actually outscore the alternative? So I'll match them up how they've gone for the year and whether they've got a ceiling above the person because, you know, like I, if you match up someone like Fafita against Hamoli, they're going to, there's no way you're going to catch Fafita with Hamoli, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So it's an easier said than done thing. You know, we go with the pack and yeah, you're never going to catch them. You got to try to catch them with VCs and Cs and picking a solid 17 um, to run with, I guess. If there's a good pod, like people could have gone a few weeks ago with the pod of Cook over Grant and he's been outscoring him by enough that you can make a little bit of ground because he's getting, you know, you know some better scoring. So yeah, to an extent, I think you can do it if you see that there's potentially... Um, somebody who can outscore the alternative. I, saw, I know some people went um, Ronaldo last week because, you know, the matchup was juicy. I mentioned him on my podcast the week before saying, you know, he's a smoky um, in that team and he's went and turned up last week. So that's a good move because people grab someone who was screaming that there could be a smoky. Um, and it's the same as people who started, you know, grabbed Manu and went and said, look, I think he might roam this year. You've got to get on the news about these ones that are going to pop off at the right time. You know, even it might be a Saab at a bottom dollar when Turbo comes back, you know, you just got to get one who you feel like can actually make up some ground for you. I think it also dictates as to where you're ranked as well. So I'm currently ranked 1300th and I'm bringing in um, one of the gun hookers and Haas. Now, Haas isn't going to generate me any points, not not by any means of the imagination, but he's going to be able to solidify my rank. Now, I have enough pods in my side, guys like Talakai, guys like was Nathan Cleary until this week, um, guys like Daniel Tupo as well. Like I have pods in my side at my rank because unfortunately, and Adrian will, will vouch for this, unfortunately, when you make content, your rank is like currency. People look at that and, and determine your worth. And unfortunately, it, and it's terrible, but people do it. So in this space, we have to hold on to our rank with basically two hands. So I'm doing what I can to solidify it by bringing in guys like Haas and guys like Grant slash Cook because I already have the upside in Talakai and Tupo and whatever. So Talakai a couple weeks ago, he was a great pod to pick up for me, but there was upside. He had a minus 30 break even. He had a fantastic draw coming up. Don't just pick someone that's 2% ownership for the sake of it. Like don't go out and go, who scored 70 points last week that's less than 5%? Look at 
the value that they possess to your side? Are they going to make money? Are they a season keeper? So for me, with Talakai, I saw him as a, a really good cash grab and, and maybe move him on before round 13. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's a fantastic question. and It's a little bit more critical thinking involved. It's not just a case of, do I bring in player X or Y? Um, because it, when, when it comes to having a successful Supercoach season, it's sometimes a little bit more than just looking at your trade targets, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. You know, there's a, a lot to it. You know, if you've got someone like Moy Masir or Amon, that can be what's the important thing to do right now to, to get them out because they're ruining any kind of loop option that you've got. You looped Cleary last week. What was your AE? You know, it's got to be at least 20s and 30s ideally for you. Otherwise, you know, you don't do as well as you can, you know, for, for points. Exactly. Well, that's going to round us up for the round seven preview. These rounds are going up, and that means footy's going to end soon, which is not great. Um, but round seven, mate, you and I, I think we're both pretty happy with where we're sitting. Trade targets are looking kind of locked in. Um, Teddy is destined to score 150 this week now. Um, but, mate, I very much appreciate you once again for joining me. If people don't know where to find you, where can they? Look up our super coach by Adrianosaurus on all the socials. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, some good content in there. I do a lot of stuff on Instagram, answering questions and, you know, uh, funny stuff. So, you know, jump on if you, if you can want another person to follow in there. Um, but that's where you find me. Lovely. All right, guys, I have been Yessie Whisperer, coach of the Rams Resurgence, currently sitting in 1370th 3rd. Um, we'll be back on Thursday with the deadline stream, back on Sunday with Aman. Um, peace and love. Good night all. Have a good one. Bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 